Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with me, Nicholas Feasy. On September the 19th, 1985, John Denver addressed a hearing in Congress, and this is what he said. He said, the people that I've had opportunity to talk with, the troubled children, the teenagers who are considering suicide, what they express to me is real frustration in their lives, an inability to communicate with their parents, an inability to understand or to envision any future possibility because of the nuclear threat that we live under. They don't see things getting any better economically. They don't see things getting better for the small businessman, for the small farmer. They don't see a future for themselves. It is my opinion that it's out of this that some young people put a gun into their mouths and pull the trigger. We can turn this around, sir. We can address the reality of a problem and not deal with just the symptoms and create not only a better world for our children but for ourselves and humanity. We can end hunger. We can rid the world of nuclear weapons. We can learn to live together as human beings on a planet that travels through the universe, a living example of peace and harmony among all people. John knew who his neighbour was. Anyone that was in need. You know, in this valley here, we've all come to an area which seems to be wealthy and prosperous, where people are happy and well. And yet those of us that live here know that it has one of the highest suicide rates in the country, that many people are lonely and suffering from mental health issues, and that drugs are very prevalent, especially in our schools. Here at the Aspen Chapel, we've been looking at ways that we can make a contribution to our valley. Um, I did a series uh, over the summer called The Nature of Reality, and having done sort of eight weeks and looking at all the spiritual natures of reality and stuff like that, I sort of thought, well, we better do something here. You know, we can't just sort of navel gaze and meditate. We actually have to go out there and sort of make some sort of contribution. And and what contribution might we make uh, together to the world around us? Last week, I talked about the idea of of looking, taking up the subject of global citizenship. Uh, And if you're interested in in previous weeks, um, uh, the little red card on the seat in front of you will tell you how you can listen to or watch any of the previous messages that we've done. And if you want to get any um, news from what we're doing here at the chapel or be on our mailing list, just fill in one of the blue cards and you can just uh, drop it somewhere or give it to me uh, and we can use that. I think it's interesting that the Pharisee said, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? I think in modern parlance, you know, the the thing that we hear is people say, What do I have to do to get enlightened? That's the sort of modern spirituality interpretation of what must I do to inherit eternal life. And Jesus replied, It's written in the law, and, and the Blake says, Love your neighbor. I love your, uh, the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And the Pharisee wanted, in a way, to trick him and said, who is my neighbor? And Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan. And in the story, 
the good people in Jewish eyes come along and pass the robbed man by the other side, a Levite and a priest. These are the people that you, you might expect or, or, or someone might expect to be neighborly to the person that was robbed. They were people whose job it is, really, to be neighborly. You know, Levite is of the priestly caste, and the priest is obviously, you know, that's his job. And yet they both pass by on the other side. And then the Samaritan comes along, and the Samaritan is someone whose race would have been reviled by Orthodox Jews. And it's he that binds the wounds and looks after him. Jesus tellingly asked the Pharisee, which of the three do you think uh, was his neighbor? And the expert on the law says the one who has mercy on him. Go and do likewise. And I think that's a challenge to us. Who do we identify with in that story? Maybe the people that pass by the other side, the respectable citizens or the outcast who helps the man or even the man who's robbed. You know, this is really a call for compassion. And often, I think particularly here and spiritual circles, we're really here to seek our own enlightenment and maybe pass by on the other side in terms of helping others. Now, I'm not suggesting for a moment that anyone here would not help someone that seemed to be in need if they came across them. I'm sure we all would. But what we're looking at here today is what we might do to help those in the valley uh, who are in need. And I'm going to you know, talk about the second idea now uh, that, that I think we should put forward for you to think about whether or not we might like to do this. Last week was global citizenship. And this week there is a problem in the valley with loneliness and mental health. And that leads to all sorts of things. It leads to drug addiction, leads to alcoholism, addiction, different kinds, and suicide. And we're trying to find ways that our community might reach out to others in need. And I'm suggesting that this might be one. As a chapel, we are in a unique position to have an effect on the problem of loneliness through the creation of community. We have a community here that we, we can invite people into. And last week, um, I gave out feedback sheets. And I'm going to do it this week, by the way. But I gave out feedback sheets. And someone talked about, oh, you mentioned that, that project around loneliness. And, you know, I mentioned a few weeks ago, Eric Fromm said that the greatest cause of mental illness is loneliness the greatest cause of mental illness. And this might be a way that we can make some sort of contribution locally and maybe beyond that. You know, it's tempting to uh, come up with a different and more, more palatable name, but I think the idea of having a loneliness project, the loneliness project, really seems to hit the nail on the head. So I'm going to suggest, just a little bit, that we create something called the Loneliness Project with a mission to provide ways out of the experience of loneliness and to remove the stigma around talking about the subject. Now, I know that there are plenty of organisations in the Valley that deal with mental health issues. You know, there's Pathfinders, there's Aspen Strong, AA, Headquarters, the Hope Centre, 
and many others. And we wouldn't be looking to compete with them, but to partner with them to provide a hub for people to come into and gather in. We could also provide signposting to other organisations as we see people come to us with issues that we're not able to deal with. And in any number of ways, we could encourage people to come out of their homes and do things together. You know, we have a great space, we have a community, we have kitchens downstairs, we have an art gallery, we're good at hosting things. My sense is that the Loneliness Project would offer ways of not being lonely in conjunction with other organisations, as well as contributing our resources to make some of this happen. You know, we could do things like having a, you know, an annual harvest supper, like the Snowmass opening supper that they have at the beginning of the ski season. You know, free food nights where people come in for food and drink, singles nights, mother and baby groups. We could give people as well opportunities to volunteer in other organisations like Lift Up, Roaring Fork Outdoor Volunteers, and other places that bring people together and have them work together. And when you're working with people, you do form a, a sort of community with them. The idea behind the Loneliness Project would be to provide a hub for people to come together and to communicate and break down the taboos around loneliness and to offer solutions to individuals who also recognise themselves as being lonely. I mean, we all recognise ourselves as being lonely, I think. I do. You know, sometimes we're lonely in our relationships. Sometimes we're lonely in a group of people. We can be extremely lonely. Now, with anything to happen, the problem is resources to make it happen. You know, yes, we can write grant forms and try and attract resources, but nothing's going to happen if there's not boots on the ground here right from the start. There's, there's only so much that myself and Peggy, the uh, uh, um, officer and the um, programme director, can do in the office. And you see, you know, one of the problems I have with pretty forward ideas like this is that, you know, it does, does mean something that we all have to, to come together and do. I don't think the, pre uh, the priest and the Levite thought they were bad people in that they didn't help. They just had other priorities, you know, and it could have been a setup. You don't know if, you, if someone's lying in the road, if, if it's a setup or not. And helping might have put them in, in danger. They might have been on their way to do something incredibly... They might have been on their way to their yoga class. <laughs> or something incredibly important. Any number of reasons. And there are any number of reasons why all of us would want to, you know, leave someone with a problem and leave that problem to someone else. We may ourselves see ourselves as being too busy too old, too young, that it's someone else's problem, that we are here to learn spiritually, not to be another wing of human services, that we just don't want to get involved. And that's an issue that faces us all. But we have to ask ourselves, you know, if not me, who? And if not now, when? Are we up for helping, really? That's the question. And that may be willing to be part of an outreach group to look at how to help in the valley. It may be doing administration or manning phones or writing grants or liaising with other groups or helping to host events for others or putting up posters or visiting people. If we're going to do a project, if we're going to 
take time and effort. The question is, do we have the capacity to make it happen, as well as getting on with our ordinary lives? Jesus said, however, this was the answer to the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He was saying that the ultimate form of spirituality, the end point of spirituality, is service. And the question we face is, can we do that ourselves? So I'm suggesting this is a second project, the second thing, that we form as a community something called the Loneliness Project, and that we use that, that name, our community, to bring in other organisations to do that. John Denver said, I believe that we're here for each other, not against each other. Everything comes from an understanding that you are a gift in my life. Whoever you are, whatever our differences, you are a gift in my life. Let's make ourselves a gift in other people's lives. If you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel, please go to aspenchapel.org. Thank you. And if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly, subscribe to the Aspen Chapel through Apple, Google Play, YouTube or any other outlet.